This is Sunday night worship service, March the 21st, 2000, here at the Pine Level Pentecost Women's Church with their senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, bringing the message, I will bless the O Lord in spite of the storm. We'll start off with the praise team singing, I won't go back. Go back 
to the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me. Amen. Let's raise a hallelujah tonight.
the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the King is alive. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Sing a little louder. Let the praises ring. Bless the Lord. Everybody happy? Let's go home. God's good, ain't he? Praise the Lord. In spite of the storm, I mean, even though the storm comes, you're going to be okay. Jesus was the miracle-working man of Galilee. He was the great hope of the Jews. Too many who watched him perform miracles, signs, and wonders. Jesus was the great Messiah, the deliverer. For many of them, he was the answer to their prayers, the hope of their future, and the shining light of a brand new day. Yet, he was all these things, but the one thing about Jesus that very few of the Jews really understood was that Jesus was the very Son of God, the Savior of the world, the great physician who had come not just to perform miracles, and healings, but to heal men of their sin. Though the Jews often lifted up praises to Jesus, and though they had great expectations of him, the Jews never fully understood that Jesus was very God in their midst. They had their hearts set upon the things of this world and not upon the things of the Spirit. Their thoughts were for today and not for eternity. They are a picture of much of the church world today. You see, Jesus had just fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. It wasn't much, but how many of you know tonight that little is much when God is in it? I'd rather have a small church and have the blessings of God than a mega church where there is no moving of the Spirit of the Lord. I'd rather live from week to week depending upon the Lord to meet my needs and have his blessings upon my life than to have all the gold I could hold and not know who Jesus is. I'd rather ride a bicycle than have, I'd rather ride a bicycle and have the hand of God upon me than to drive a Rolls Royce and not know him at all. God's blessings upon the little, the little that I may have are vastly greater than having the curse of sin upon any great abundance that I could have tonight. I mean, oh, God's worth it all tonight, amen. Yeah. 
We don't need nothing else. The Jews on the hillside that day watched as this great miracle unfolded right before their very eyes. As a piece of bread was being broken off and placed in the basket, the loaf of bread would simply reappear. In effect, he was trying to tell the people that the bread that he offered could never be fully consumed, but that he was all sufficient for them. I mean, know you serve an all-sufficient God tonight. But the people didn't see that sermon as Jesus preached it through this miraculous illustration. Their minds were set on earthly things and all they saw was a great prophet performing a miracle before their very eyes. It was something that none of them had ever seen before for it had been many years since such miracles had been performed in their midst. Surely this Jesus must be the promised Messiah. Then they watched as the, as the two fish grew and grew and grew until everyone was filled and there was fish left over. What a great miracle this was. Who could this Jesus be but the Messiah they had waited for for so long? At first it was just a whisper, then a rumble, then a roar, then all of a sudden a shout. The Messiah has come. This must be the Messiah, the deliverer. The people would have made Jesus their Messiah right then and there, but it was not a spiritual savior they wanted, but really what they really wanted was an earthly king. And about what about those 12 disciples? Those 12 men who had walked with Jesus and helped him to distribute the bread and the fish, what were they thinking? I can't help but believe that they were caught up in the, in the excitement of the moment just like the rest of the Jews were. I believe that they had joined in that shout and wanted Jesus to seize the moment and become the Messiah and the King of Israel and lead the Jews into in a revolt to cast off the Roman control of Israel. Because of their carnal thinking, Jesus knew that the crowds were going to try to press him into action, but this was not his purpose in coming to the earth, so he had to stop them. He began to try to disperse the crowd, sending them away. And then he began to get the disciples to forget the excitement of the moment and to move on for there was much left for them to do. Let's go, boys. We got to move. We got to push on. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 and 23. The Bible says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, all by himself. Now it took some, some persuasion tonight to get the disciples to leave. After all, they wanted a king also. They still hadn't understood who Jesus really was or what his true purpose was. They were still looking for a Messiah and desired Jesus to fulfill that role, Jesus finally convinced them to get into a boat. He constrained them, the Bible says. In other words, he forced them. He compelled them. He probably physically had to push them and holding them back, restraining them and ordering them to get into the boat. And at the same time, Jesus was ordering the crowds to go. Let's disperse. Let's move on. But many would not leave. They were determined to stay and make him their king. Finally, he was able to get get away from them by going into the mountain, leaving them waiting there by the seashore for him and his disciples return, or, and his disciples to return. 
Many stayed, and when he didn't come back, we find out later that they loaded into boats and followed him to Capernaum. One thing that probably caused some of the crowd not to follow Jesus into the mountain was that he went there to pray. But going up on a mountain to pray, Jesus was actually breaking one of the laws and traditions of the Jews. That law of tradition said that a man may not stand neither upon a throne nor upon a footstool nor any high place and pray because there are no high places before God. Jesus is God, so it just didn't matter. And there upon that mountain away from the crowd, the noises of the crowd and alone, he could finally consume with the Father which was in heaven. How many know tonight, every once in a while, we need to get off by ourselves and just pray and seek the face of God? We must also never forget that Jesus was also a man in every way. And though he never sinned, there is no doubt that the human nature within him battled with the idea of being praised as the king of Israel. Some might think tonight the king of Israel. Some might think that Jesus couldn't have those thoughts. He couldn't have those kinds of feelings. But the word of God says otherwise. Would not that be tempting to you? You know, when others praise you for your efforts and, and want to lift you up on a pedestal and tell you how great a job you've done and how good you are, ain't that what people are looking for? They're looking for something uh, uh, that, 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 that's something that a lot of folks want. They want to be liked. They want to feel needed, to feel important to somebody. So Jesus had to fight these feelings off. No, not Jesus. He's the son of God. Well, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. The Bible said, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted just like you and I tonight. Everything you've ever been through, everything you can imagine tonight, the son of God went through the same thing, amen? Jesus as the son of man, he faced everything you and I face. Nothing is new to him tonight. It is not sin to be tempted tonight. Listen to what I'm telling you. It's not sin to be tempted. You know where the sin comes in at? Sin becomes sin when we act on those temptations and give in to those, 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 those temptations. The thought of robbing a bank doesn't make you a robber. I walked into a bank one day just mess around. I knew the girls that worked in there pretty good. Sherry, I've uh, been knowing her for a regular while. That's where I banked that for quite a few years. And, and the bank had been robbed probably a few days prior to that. And uh, when I got the word, me and Judy were concerned. And uh, so we just, you know, I called the bank and see if, see if they were okay and everything is fine. The other guy came in, gunpoint, robbed the bank, took the money. So I went in there one day and had, had my check, going deposit check and everything. And she gave me my deposit slip. And on the back of the deposit slip, I wrote, give me your money. And I slid her the note. And when I done that, she went ballistic. I said, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I almost took that piece of paper, I wrote that note on it, chewed it up and swallowed it. Seriously, that's how ballistic she went. She said, you don't never do that. I said, oh, I just play. No, no, you don't play like that in the bank. I said, yes, ma'am, you can believe one thing. They ain't never wrote another note in the bank. Hmm. And now everybody's wearing masks. At one time, you couldn't wear no mask in the bank. Now you can wear a mask in the bank. Ain't that something? But just because you think about robbing a bank, don't make you a bank robber. But if you think on it enough and you walk in with a gun and a ski mask on your face, then you're guilty probably. The thought of being too tired to do what you are supposed to do for the Lord isn't sin. But when you fail to obey him, 
then it becomes sin. But along with the Father on that mountain, Jesus rebuked those thoughts and feelings and stayed true to his purpose. He prayed nearly all night long until the fourth watch of the night, the Bible says, uh, some, sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Uh, now, many of us have trouble praying three to six minutes, much less all night long. Amen? Matthew 14, 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. You see, the disciples hadn't gone very far from the shore, probably no more than two or three miles before the wind and the waves kicked up on, on the shallow sea of Galilee. They couldn't go ahead because of the contrary wind. They couldn't go back because they had been told to meet Jesus on the other side. How I many know when Jesus tells you to do something, that's what you're supposed to do. So they couldn't go back. They knew they had to meet the Lord on the other side. And the little ship was being swamped by the waves and broken by the rough waters. They fought this storm a long, long time. But hope was fading fast. What in the world are we going to do? Matthew 14, 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Wow. Then, in the darkest hour of the night, after he had finished praying, Jesus walked out onto the waters of the Sea of Galilee. The wind and the waves were crush, crashing. But he didn't pay them any attention. You see, the storms of life are no storms at all if you learn to, to have faith in the power of God and to bring that the, the power of God will, will bring you through. They are more, they are mere annoyances at best. Talking about the storms of life. You got enough faith in God, though he's gonna bring you through every storm. That storm ain't nothing. It's just a little, just a little bump in the road, so to speak. The same storm that threatens to destroy you is nothing but trouble that is under his feet tonight. Amen. There's a song that says, that says this. Whenever you've waded out too far in waters too deep, remember when the waves are over your head, they're under his feet. Now the Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. How many love the Lord in the house tonight? Amen. Then can I tell you something tonight according to the word of God, I hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for you that love him. And then verse number 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Think about that tonight. Now the sense, now since the disciples tonight had not received the Holy Ghost, and because they had had their hearts set on earthly things, they didn't truly think of Jesus in spiritual terms. As I told you this morning, my friend, we need the Holy Ghost to lead and guide us, especially in the spiritual things of Almighty God. They, 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 they thought of him as a great man and a prophet of God or even as a Messiah, but not as God in the form of a man. So when they saw Jesus walking on the water in the darkest hour of the night and watched as he appeared in between the waves with the wind blowing his robe and, and the dim moonlight reflecting off of him, they didn't have the mind of the spirit at all. Why? They thought Jesus was a spirit 
but not a spirit that they wanted to see. They just thought it was some kind of ghost out there. When is it every day? Every day you're out on a boat, you're in the midst of a storm, and somebody's coming walking on the water. You ain't expecting a man to be walking on the water. Is that right? Amen. So they thought it was some kind of spirit coming to him. It was but it was the spirit of God that was coming to him, amen? Matthew 14, 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Let me tell you that when you're in the midst of the storm, and the winds of, of, of adversity, and the waves of troubles and trials are over your head, and threatening to send you under for the last time, it's hard to keep your mind on the things of the spirit and sometimes we forget that Jesus tonight is the Lord of the storms, the winds and the waves also. Christ is the Lord of it all tonight, amen. We talk about having faith, trusting God and knowing that he can do all things. We talk about that. But when the storm is blowing with, with all his fury, we sometimes doubt and cry out in fear. God, where are you at? Where are you? What's going on? I can't handle this no more. Matthew 14, 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Now, don't you know tonight that I know that they felt so much better when they heard the voice of the Lord? saying, be of good cheer, fellas. Don't be afraid. It's I. It's me. Everything's going to be okay. The instant they cried out in fear, Jesus heard, heard their cry. He spoke of their hearts. He spoke to their hearts, through their minds and to their spirits, saying, don't worry. Be happy. I'm here now, and there's nothing at all to fear. I mean, there's no fear in God. The Bible says that love casts out all fear. How many know God's love tonight? So none of us should be afraid of anything if we have God, right? Jesus hears your cry. Amen. The very instant you call out to him, he hears your cry. Isaiah 59 and 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But I want you to notice something here tonight. Even though Jesus spoke those words of comfort and cheer, the storm wasn't over. Now notice what I'm saying. The storm is rolling. The boat is still rocking. The winds are still blusters. They're still strong. Jesus is walking on the water, but the storm is still there. Just because he's there in the mist don't mean the storm is over. Nope, the storm's still going on. I want you to understand that. Amen? So he wants you to have faith in the midst of the storm, not just when it's over. So some of us tonight have been through some real storms in, in, in our life lately. Some of you are in the midst of a terrible storm right now. The winds of trouble are blowing all around you uh, like a feather and the waves of life are tossing your, 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 your family and your home uh, around like a matchstick uh, on the ocean tonight. You don't understand, amen? Uh, and you don't understand why things happen the way they do. Uh, you don't know why God allows these things uh, to come our way or your way. Uh, Perhaps uh, there are even questions and doubts uh, arising on whether God even cares or not. You know, I've heard the testimony of a lot of folks that I just don't believe God cares anymore for me. I said, wonder where you mean? What's going on? I mean, all this that's going on in my life, all, this, all the things that's happening in my life right now, sometimes I just don't even believe God cares. Let me tell you something. You'll never find yourself in any one iota of a moment where God does not care for you. Understand that. God always cares. Amen. 
Jesus cares and he is there with you in the midst of the storm and he is trying to get you to hear him say, don't worry, just be happy, I'm here with you, all is well. Can I get an amen? We have to get our minds on Jesus and all the problems if we're going to, going to survive. The storm's there, the storm's roaring, the storm's, everything's going on, it's chaotic. The storms of life are meant to bring your faith to a higher level. Not bring you down, to bring you up. Amen? But we allow our eyes to get off Jesus. They have the power to destroy us also. Thank God that Jesus always comes in the nick of time to save us and won't allow us to go down for the last time. He always makes a way of escape. Amen? He always makes a way of escape. He lifts us up and helps us to walk on the water with him. Mm. I don't know about you, that does, that does me good. When Jesus is walking on the water, he's going to lift me up to help me to walk on the water with him. When, I, when Jesus is walking in the midst of a storm, he's going to help me up uh, and he's going to help me walk in the midst of the storm with him. Matthew chapter 14, 28 and 29. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, uh, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said one word, the Bible said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And we know the story very well tonight. Peter recognized Jesus, heard his voice, stepped out, out into the water with the Lord. His faith was alive. His eyes were set on Jesus as he stepped out of, the, of that boat and into the very seas that were threatening to drown him. Amen. Now notice the storms that are going on. The waves are still boisterous. But Peter gets his eyes on the Lord. He is the Lord. He said, Lord, if you bid me come, Jesus said, come on. And he kept his eyes on the Lord. Even though the storm was still there, the waters, the waves are still tossing. He steps out of the, out of the boat, keeps his eyes on the Lord, and he's walking on top of the water. He's walking in the midst of the storm. But notice something once again. Just because Peter's faith was strong and he was able to walk on the water didn't mean that the storm was over. Sometimes the storm ain't over quick enough for us. What that is trying to tell us is that in, the, in spite of the storm, in spite of the winds of adversity, in spite of all the troubles, in spite of all the doubts and the fears, in spite of it all tonight, you can walk over it because Jesus can lift you above it all and hold you up through it all and he will put, put it under your feet also as well as it's under his feet. If you'll just keep your eyes on him and not on the storm tonight, God, Jesus will keep you above it all. Can I get an amen? That's right. 14 and 30, Matthew. But when he saw the wind bolsters, you see this is what happens. We get our eyes off of, off of him. We get our eyes on the situations around us. The Bible said, and when he saw the winds boasters, he was afraid. Had he kept his eyes on the Lord, he'd have never, he'd have never noticed the winds. Had he kept his eyes on the, on the Lord, he'd have never noticed, he'd have, he would have never been afraid. And the Bible says, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Can I just put a plug in right here? You'll never cry out to the Lord, Lord, save me. He won't reach for you. Nobody, nobody never cry out to the Lord, save me that he will not reach for you. Though faith may become strong and you begin to rise above your circumstances, the time can come when the storm looks bigger than Jesus. Thank God, that's the time when Jesus reaches out his hand and catches us, then lifts us up and helps our faith to be strong enough to trust him no matter what. 
That's what he did for Peter that night out on the Sea of Galilee. He reached out. He, he grabbed Peter, helped his faith, and he let him know, Peter, I got you. Everything's going to be all right. How do you know? Verse, verse, verse 31, Matthew 14. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, mm, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter, the only one of the 12, jumped out of the boat to walk on the water. And Jesus says, O thou little faith. Can you imagine that? Even when Jesus lifted Peter up, the storm still didn't cease. Peter was sinking, afraid he's going to drown. He said, Lord, help me. Jesus reached out, lifts him up. The storm is still going on. It was still blowing and crashing. But now Peter had, had hold of Jesus' hand and he knew that he could not fail. Or he could not fall. Let me tell you something, folks. Just hold on to Jesus. Through it all. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. You'll never fall. You'll never fail if you stay hold on, held on to Jesus. He won't let you fall. He won't let you fail. All he had to do was just keep on holding on to Jesus and everything would be all right. Amen. Let the winds blow. Let the waves crash. Jesus is here. And that's all that matters. That's what we've got to realize. Matthew 14, 32. And when they were come into the ship. Listen now. When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Not until they got into the ship, not until Jesus got into the boat, the winds ceased. I want you to think about something right here. I believe the boat itself can be a type of the church. You know, I've preached for many years that there's safety, there's safety in the church. I believe that. Without Jesus in the church, we are just tossed about with every little wind of doctrine that comes along. Every, every new fad will make us go with the flow. Every new doctrine is added to the, to the already confused mess that the church calls its own. We need Jesus in this ship. When Jesus is in the church, peace will reign. When Jesus is in the church, fear goes out the door. Faith arises and the joy of the Lord makes us strong. How do we get Jesus in the church? Can I tell you something tonight? We are the church. And we must have Jesus in us before we come together. Then Jesus will be in our midst. We are the church. The kingdom of God abides within us. Jesus lives within us. Matthew 14, 33. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying of a truth thou art the son of God. Before that moment they were afraid. They were scared to death. Oh there's something coming towards us. It looks like some kind of spirit, some kind of ghost. What the world are we going to do? He said be a good cheer fellas that's me. Jesus said Lord for you bid me come. Jesus said come. And now the storms are still going on. But now he gets Peter, brings him back to the boat. They, they step up and get up into the boat. And as soon as they get into the boat, the storm just ceases. I can imagine right now the Sea of Galilee being just like a lake of, 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 of glass, just that, just that smooth as, as, as a piece of glass. When Jesus stepped on the boat, that's what it said. The, 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 they worshiped him. And they said of a truth, 
thou art the son of God. Think about this. Why didn't the disciples and those in the ship worship Jesus before he calmed the storm? And before he entered into the ship. We need to learn to worship him, worship Jesus in the midst of the storm. And even when we can't see him or feel him, we need to be able to still worship him. You know, they taught me years and years ago, uh, as I was hearing Brother Cates preach years and years ago, he always, he would teach us and preach and talk about different things. He said, he said let me help you understand something, son. If you'll, be, if you'll pray before the storm gets there, when the storm does get there, you've already prayed. Everything is going to be all right. Don't wait till the storm comes and over, overflows you. Don't wait till, till you're flooded with this and that and the other. He said, pray, always pray before the storm gets there. And when the storm does get there, you will already be ready for it. How many know what I'm talking about tonight? Amen. Did you just hear that storm? A storm can break out any moment. Sort of shot me there for a second. I didn't know what it was. I thought somebody was coming in. I thought there was a spirit coming in out there. Amen. No, I was just kidding. But I heard that. And it's amazing what we can do tonight. We need to learn to worship and serve the Lord all the time. Somebody say all the time. Not just after he performs a miracle for us, but we need to worship him all the time. If you're in a storm right now, worship Jesus in spite of the storm. <clears throat> Amen. If you're finally having a time of peace and the storm is ending, worship Jesus for the victory. And if you aren't in the storm right now, worship Jesus anyhow. Because the next storm for your life is just over the horizon. There's one coming. Look out, preacher. You shouldn't be talking about that. Brother David, y'all come on. I'm finishing up. Let me tell you something. We never know when the storm's coming. We don't know what tomorrow holds. I hear that all the time. Preacher, we don't know what tomorrow holds. I was saying something to somebody this afternoon. I said, why don't you put it on your calendar next year, next Easter. Let's take a trip next Easter. I said, well, we don't know what's going to happen next Easter. I said, that's exactly right. We don't know. We don't know but if I make plans for it, I can start planning for it. And if nothing don't happen, we can go. Amen. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but I got enough, I got enough faith in my God tonight to know that whatever tomorrow holds, uh, he's going to be with me all the way and I don't have to worry about it. Somebody shout praise the Lord. We need to learn to worship Jesus all the time. Keep our eyes uh, upon him. Trust in him and have faith in him. And the storms of life won't feel so bad after all. When you got Jesus on your boat, when you got Jesus in your ship, the storms ain't going to be all that bad. Sure, they might rock you. Sure, the winds will come along. Sure, it might make you wonder every once in a while. But if you got your faith and trust in God, you got your faith and trust in Jesus, you know he's got you by the hand. It don't matter how bad the storm is or how bolstered the winds are. You know he's going to bring you through. You're going to come through victorious every time. Glory to God. Jesus will help you walk above it all tonight. If you will only worship him. How many want to worship the Lord tonight? Let us stand to our feet tonight. In spite of the storm, let's worship the Lord. Amen. That's what they did. They waited until he got on board. No, no, no. I want to worship Jesus. I started to say when he ain't on board, but you'll never be alone. He's always with you. I don't care what kind of boat you're on. I don't care how big a ship you're on, how small it is. I don't care how bad the wind's blowing. He's always with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always be with you. In other words, he's got you by the hand all the time. Amen? It's like when, you know, when you, you got a small child and you're getting ready to cross the street, what do you want to do? You want to grab that child by the hand. You want to hold his hand. 
Why? Because you don't want him darting out there in the street in front of something. Amen? I used to tell my, tell my kids and tell my grandkids every once in a while, something be going on. If we stand in the street corner, I said, whoa, 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 come here. Said, what is it, Papa? What is it, Daddy? Take my hand. And not only did they take my hand, I took their hand and I held on to it because, you know, they can jerk their hand away. So what are you doing? I said, I'm going to hold your hand and we get across the street. Why come? I said, because it's going to be hard for me to explain to your mama if something was to come by and you dart out in front of him, something hits you, it's going to be hard for me to explain to your mama or explain to your grandmama that, that I didn't do what I supposed to do and you darted out in front of that and got hit by a car and got hurt or got killed or vice versa. I said, it's going to be hard to, for me to explain. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Really? I say, yeah, really. So just stand still, hold on still. Amen. So I, I picture Jesus, you know, because we are children of God. Amen. Well, I'm not a child. I'm a grown man. I understand that. Even at a grown man, Brother Frank, I want him holding my hand. Amen. When I come to a point in life, I got a decision to make. I want him to hold my hand. Because I want him to make sure that I make the right decision. And if I got him and he's got me, I don't have to worry about the decision. Because if I follow him as he leads me, amen. But you see, the problem, the problem with Christians are he's got about a hand, but they're standing pulling him all the time. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, Lord, this is what I want to do. No, no, it ain't what I want to do. It's what you want to do through me, God. So I need to stay a child, humble child before God. But what did he say? Unless you become as a, as, a, as a small child, amen, come on. So I want to stay a child in the, in, in, the, in the sight of God. I want him to hold my hand because he's always with me. I want him to know that I'm right here where he wants me and whatever he wants, wherever direction he wants to go, I'm going to follow him. Jesus, take my hand and lead me where you want me to go. Don't let me try to lead you. You lead me, Lord. In spite of the storm, everything's going to be okay. Is that all right? Oh, I just feel that thing. That's good. That ain't in my notes. I need to write that down. But God's good tonight. He'll never leave you. Don't try to make your decision. Let him make the decision. Get in the word. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. You know? Come on, folks. It's all right here. Well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Let me tell you what you do. You start fasting and praying about your life. You start fasting and praying about where you are right now. You start fasting and praying about the direction that you're going in right now. If you're a little bit confused, Lord, I don't know what, what you want me to do. I don't know which way you want me to go. You start praying and fasting about it. And I guarantee you before, before you starve to death, before you starve to death, he's going to begin to pour it into you exactly what he wants you to do and where he wants you to go and how he wants you to do it. He'll show you in the word of God. Whether it be a prayer warrior, whether it be a preacher, whether it be a teacher, whether it be whatever it might be, he'll show you exactly what it is that he wants you to do. If you get to the point that, Lord, I'm yours regardless, Holy Ghost, take me and let the Holy Ghost of God just saturate you with his presence and he began to feel you if you're not feeling. And he began to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And as the, as the apostle uh, Peter and John it was at the gate called Beautiful, the Bible said the Holy Ghost came upon them. And the man at the gate there was begging for alms. And I know what Peter said being a preacher. He said, look, fellow, I want you to understand something. I'm a preacher and I ain't got no money. Silver gold I ain't got. But what I have got, I'm going to give it to you. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Without the Holy Ghost coming upon him, 
him without the Spirit of God moving on him, without the Spirit of God directing him and the Holy Ghost coming upon him as he said, he'd have never been able to look at that man and said, such as I have, I'm going to give unto you and in the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk right now. And the Bible said he leaped up, he began to dance and praise and jump around and the people knew when he walked in the building exactly who it was. Can I tell you something? There's coming a time real soon that people that can't walk are beginning to walk. People that can't talk are beginning to talk. Those that can't hear is going to begin to hear. God is going to begin to do all kinds of miracles in spite of the storm in the world. God's going to come through and let the world know that he's still God tonight. Wherever you are in God, God can take you exactly where he wants you to be. Amen. What's your next song? <laughs> In spite of the storm. Let's bless the Lord tonight and see what happens. Can we do that? Amen. Praise team. Break it down. I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. With the heart of thanksgiving. Heart of thanksgiving tonight.
You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.